can connect it into your other centers, your soul energy to like yeah. you said, to get the whole story behind why would I bring this person into my life to create this sort of problem for me? Like, how can I learn from this? Or also then we stop um, implementing the microbiome and because the enteric brain, all the nervous tissue is coming, that vagus nerve is all through your intestines. So that's why, you know, when we're nervous, we have stomach upset or our intestines don't feel good. It's, it just happens almost immediately. You have the emotion and then the intestines are affected. The microbiome is affected. And so they, you know, 90% of the serotonin that is released in our body, which is really one of those feel good hormones is produced in the gut. So we have to keep that also balanced. And if we're up here in stress all the time, yeah, it tweaks us, right? And then it helps manage our immune system. So then you got to accentuate the positive. Wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive. So great to be with you again. I have another wonderful, delicious, <laughs> how many adjectives can I use to describe my guest? Amazing woman to introduce you to today. Her name is Jaylene Tracy. Welcome to the show, Jaylene. Thank you so much, Karen. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. We're going to have fun today. Let me tell you a bit about Jaylene because we're going to do all sorts of things. We're going to talk, we're going to discover your journey and talk about your work, but also do an activation at the end. But I want to just tell people what you've been up to. So you call yourself a vibrationary, a vibratory geneticist, which I love. I think that's fantastic. And you channel light code sound frequency to make shifts to cellular epigenetic and DNA elements. Working with multidimensional beings, Jaylene harmonizes and activates the physical DNA to its crystalline DNA counterpart, helping to bring about energetic patterns of discord into the light so that they can be recognized and released. So this is really interesting. It's, um, you say, it's really this is the same thing I do with my work because until you recognize these patterns, you can't let them go. Until you know that you're holding something, you can't let them go. Much of the work is focused on right. optimizing and functioning the neural networks and brain centers to enable us to process, utilize, and filter the electromagnetic signals of the new earth. Jaylene works with the Ascended Masters, Arcturians, Divinians, who we'll talk about, and the Mantis Collective. She serves as an ambassador to the benevolent group of Mantis beings who are here to teach humanity how to heal themselves and assist with guys ascension. Jaylene has a degree in biology with an emphasis on molecular biology and has spent 15 years in the biotech industry working with cutting-edge startups focused on revolutionizing healthcare through novel ways of understanding human genetics and the microbiome, which we're going to go into today. Today, Jaylene is, uh, uses her understanding of the DNA and the microbiome in conjunction with sound to assist individuals to alleviate various variety of physical, mental, and emotional concerns. 
<laughs> Fantastic. This is going to be so much fun to chat about your journey yeah. and the work that you're doing. So you were very scientifically minded, kind of a bit of a agnostic or an atheist, were you with all of this when you were in that industry? What did you think about spirituality and guides? Absolutely. And... Yeah. Do you want to just... Well, I would say that I was always drawn. Sorry. I think we've got, a bit of a, we've got a bit of a delay, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. Go on. You say that you're always drawn. Oh, I was always drawn to uh, understanding um, spiritual, you know, tenets of spirituality, but I was raised as an atheist and had a very analytical left brain leaning. I would even say masculine leaning as I came into this world. Uh, I think I've had, you know, many lifetimes as a scientist, as a male, as, you know, a very analytical person that wasn't really open. I've also had lots of other lifetimes with all the other uh, metaphysical stuff, but I came in to really release and to let go of all that. So that's where I started. And from the time that I was a little kid, I knew I was going to be a scientist. It wasn't like... Uh, I thought, oh, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. Nope, I had <laughs> one goal. I knew, you know, it was almost going to college was almost like vocational school for me, right? It wasn't like I'm going to do, you know, maybe I'll dabble in language and maybe I'll dabble in government. No, it was like I was there just to take classes in biology and specifically molecular biology. So I was just kind of new. That's where my interest lied. But then um, after I left college and I started working in industry, you know, like we often do, we get into corporate America or corporate wherever country you're in. Um, we become disillusioned with what we thought was going to happen when we enter into our career versus what's actually happening and the kind of energy you're around. I was super empathic from the time that I was a child, had a really hard time processing discordant energies around me found that I just retreated and shut down my emotional side which sort of further enhanced the analytical side of me um, so you know in relationships that didn't always go the right way for me or really progress in the way that would be more beneficial for me to grow I would just shut things down when they got to a certain point and so when I was in corporate America and around all of these discordant egoic energies I would have a really hard time processing that and and while I was shutting it down it was okay but as I started to open up okay a few tactic difficulties um, had a bit of a freeze there so when you were in corporate America as an empath you were feeling everybody's discordant energy all their negative thoughts and their competition thoughts and then what's in it for me and lies and you started to shut down your empathic abilities yeah, and I had already been shutting them down um, from childhood because, you know, like many families, you know, there's different things going on that were difficult to deal with. So I wasn't very emotionally connected anyway. And then being in that sort of hard charging sales environment where, you know, you have to be really hardcore just made it worse, I think. So then I went and had this amazing reading with this friend of mine who really opened my eyes up to. Uh, what was possible and actually what was actually present on the other side of the veil. And I think before that I had 
toyed with the idea, but I just hadn't really decided how I felt about it. It was as if I just hadn't addressed it. I, was, I, I didn't believe in God at the time, but I also didn't refute spirituality. I just didn't like religion in particular, which is why I steered clear of God, because I felt like God and religion were synonymous. But of course, I found that not to be the case later. Well, I think that that's a common story in the Western world. Definitely my story too, although I didn't go down the scientific path. Um, definitely the creative path, but you know, God and religion seemed synonymous. So let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Or sore. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, once I had the reading though, my friend really helped me start to reconnect with, um, you know, my softer side, my emotional side through meditation. She basically sent me off and said, just start meditating. Just go find out about connecting and uh, connecting to the other side. And so I went to the library and I got a bunch of books and I started reading, of course, because that's what I knew how to do. And I came across this, like, uh, it wasn't even Spirituality 101. It was like Magic 101. But it talked about past life regression. It talked about, you know, um, managing your energy, um, cleansing your energy, protection. Um, how to read auras, how to get more sensitive energetically. And I just felt like every chapter that I read was not only information that I sort of already knew, but it just was so easy to digest. And I, would and I was having a lot of success. So I was super encouraged by that. And then I took the online course and it just kind of still opened up the can of worms. It was like Pandora's box opened up. <laughs> so, Jenna, how, how, how long ago was this? So that was about 10 years ago. Okay. So 10 years ago is 2008. Oh, it's so interesting. So many people I spoke, speak to on the show had stuff happen around that time. So there's a real activation, not only 2012, but 2008 for a lot of people. And, you know, we're talking about, in the sort of spiritual conscious community, we're talking about light packets hitting the planet right now. Right. And how is that affecting our lives? People are talking about their energy fields and awakening and all this. But I would say as we sit here, you know, in our daily life, there are people all over the planet doing today what, you know, like more people than in 2008, 2012, doing what was happening to you. Like mm -hmm. asking questions, going through their awakening process, coming into their intuitive and healing gifts, and it's just happening all around us. It's, it's yeah, the energy on the planet right now is so conducive to that, and it's also very conducive to you know the purging of the energetic discord in our tissues and in our energy fields, and so that's bringing a lot of people into that place as well because they're desperate. They're desperate yeah. for help. They're desperate for relief. Yeah, exactly, and. You know, like you, I think it's a common story with people who are empathic, especially as a child, when they feel the discord around them, they just shut down their empathic abilities. And when they start to open again, now they're available to all that sort of stress, you know, like now emotion feels so much more heightened. So their yes. own negative thoughts feel really terrible. <laughs> like yeah. not, not I'm pissed off. It's like, I want to kill myself <laughs> because right. it's, everything's heightened. Everything's expanded. And right. so we've got, we've got to deal with it. Yeah. I'm seeing it in my own family. 
Yeah. So, okay. So where are we? Uh, I was just going to say that um, we shut those emotions down for a reason, right? And then as they start percolating back up to the surface, it's not always easy. Yeah. Yeah. So you had this experience too inside your marriage, your second marriage too, which it's a kind of a beautiful story this because uh, do you want to, do you want to talk about it? Tell us. Sure. Um, It it is actually a really um, wonderful story because my current husband, um, you know, I I really think that my first husband was there to really, for me to learn some life lessons and to, to grow and to evolve. My second husband was really, I think, put in my path for me to transcend this emotional block that I had put in because he really demanded me to show up and really engage in the relationship in a way that I'd never done before. And that was really uncomfortable for me, but exactly what I needed. It, I don't think I, I couldn't be the healer I am today if I hadn't gone through that journey because that was what was keeping me from experiencing this part of myself and my soul energy. It was like this barrier that I had. And so he really helped me break it down. And um, just from, I wanted that relationship to work so badly that I was really willing to do anything, including, you know, all of this hard work to go through my whole childhood, past lives, all the stuff that had come in that was influencing my behavior, my um, distrust of source, my resentment towards source, all of that, which has been mirrored in other relationships in my life all throughout my childhood and later. So all of that um, really got transmuted through my ability to start connecting into and becoming closer to him. So he was really like this trigger. So did you just keep him at emotional arm's length? Like you wouldn't share how you're feeling? Like how did that play out? What, what, was, what was it that he was sort of demanding? How, how would you change? Well, you were just being really analytical and logical and he was like, <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> sort of. It was more like my reactions to things, certain things would be overblown and he would sort of see through my reaction and right. see that I didn't need to react or respond in a certain way. And so right. I was reacting out of, uh, you know, like a learned response as opposed to a very thoughtful or listening. What, how do I really feel about this? Instead, I would just, you know, react or get, take something personally, or I'd be in my ego or, you know, all the things that we do, we cling on to as a human being when we're not connected into the truth of what we really are. So I was in that superficial zone and, you know, responding all the time on these, you know, knee jerk reactions, like, Oh, what did he just say to me? You know? And, yeah. I took everything personally. I took everything personally. I was not the conscious observer of my life. <laughs> it was like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, my yeah. God. What a process to go through. So he was much more of a conscious observer just because he had this really nice childhood. And he is also empathic. So an empath in a really nice environment where they're nurtured and made to feel wonderful all the time and bolstered, turns out they turn out a little different. <laughs> so absolutely. So he wasn't in defense. Like, no, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he was kind of like nurtured in love, like, like, you know, life's sweet, life's good. 
We don't yeah. have to. We don't have to fight everyone. We don't have to be in defence against the world all the time. I think right. that's a big one. You know, this defensiveness people build up yeah. uh, because of the traumas of their past, and they build up these walls of defence, which comes out as judgment. And yeah, that's a big one. Oh, I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm yeah, seeing. You feel that. like you have to be like that because the world is a pretty harsh place when you don't have that that safety net, exactly. and so you're going to be pretty tough. Exactly. As Wayne Dyer famously said, you know, when you, when you come to the decision that we live in a friendly universe, your whole perspe- perspective changes. Instead of like me and you against the world, it's like the world is for me. It's all happening for me. Okay, so you had this transformation through your relationship that's so beautiful. Oh, gorgeous husband. And then what? And then what happened next? Well, what happened is that I, I, when I got into the metaphysical stuff, at some point I couldn't do my sales job anymore. I mean, I remember, you know, crying in the bathtub one night and my husband came in and he's like, you need to quit your job. <laughs> I, I think you've hit the wall. So um, I ended up leaving and taking time to spend with my family and my kids. And that was a really nice time. And I finally to have the space to really explore um, more of this information, more of the growth, um, more of the healing and to do, dive in more deeply. And so without that distraction of my job, and so felt really fortunate that I was able to do that. And um, then I started taking more classes. Um, and one of them in particular, Body Talk, um, has a really nice protocol. It takes you all through the body. And my teacher, um, Dr. Laura Stuve, is a PhD epigeneticist. And so when I started taking classes from her, she really helped me blend the science part of my brain with the metaphysical part. Because, of course, when I left science, then I started thinking all metaphysical. But I, I didn't really feel like I could ever present myself completely as just metaphysical without, I don't know, I just didn't feel comfortable. I felt like that's just not me. That's sort of me also falsely. That's just, it didn't feel good. So then yeah. I took this class. And it's like it, all these little light bulbs went off in my brain. And finally, I felt like I'd merged into more of a whole, um, I don't know, presentation of myself, I guess. Mm. I think that's what I love about your work is that you've got both components. Because I have a lot of friends that have this metaphys- metaphysical side where they're, you know, they're channeling light beings, they're speaking the language of light, they're channeling all this information, but a lot of the information doesn't make sense to them because they're given it and they're not, they're not understanding what actually, what they're, I remember when I did, you, you and I have both done Theta Healing, you know, yes. Vianna Stiebel who brought through the, her work, she was seeing um, all these images, but she had no idea what she was looking at until she went to a microbiologist or a geneticist or whatever and said, and drew these funny little sketches. And he's like, oh, they're chromosomes. Oh, that's the DNA. Oh, that's the telomeres on the end of the DNA. So she didn't have the, and the beauty with you is that you have the knowledge and the ability to tap into higher consciousness. So I think that's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun for me because it's like, now I kind of understand why I went on that path of learning all that science because it wasn't so that I could sell equipment. <laughs> it was so I could do this. Yeah. yeah. And um, the neat thing that happened is when I was really focused on cruising around people's body, that that's when I started connecting into the mantis 
beings um, in the earth that are in the earth's dimensional fields. And then they sort of said, okay, you can throw out that protocol that you were using because we're going to zoom you around the body and show you what's going on anyway. And we're going to give you the backstory behind it, the emotional component, spiritual component. And you don't need to use the protocol. You can if you want as a crutch, but look, you're going to get beyond it. You know, so here's the deal. And so at first, of course, I was, you know, sort of, suspicious not suspicious but i just didn't think that it was you know well it's a bit of a leap of faith going from kind of scientific you know left brain scientists and atheists to talking to mantis beings who live inside the earth i mean that's a quantum leap in you know in understanding (laughs) do you want to talk about how you integrated that how you thought you weren't going crazy like how did you kind of come to that understanding that you were talking to mantis beings and for people that don't know who mantis beings are talk to us about what you experience with them sure yeah you know it's a really good question because uh when it first started happening i thought i definitely thought i was making it up i thought you know i am just doing this too much i'm i'm too hyper focused on it and i need to just relax because i keep seeing this being coming in through the bottom of the table and telling me what's up and but um, I didn't know what she was at first, my main guide. Um, I saw that she had a very large head, sort of triangular in shape. Um, she had a robe on. She um, was very, very tall, very large. And so I started asking friends if, who are psychics, if, what, what, what do you see while I'm working on you? And then they'd say, well, what's that huge creature? <laughs> so I was like, okay that's good. I'm not crazy. Um, and then I really just started listening because, uh, I feel that my energy is so congruent with hers that, uh, it's like, uh, osmosis, the information she gives to me. It's like, you know, clear cognizance, it's empathic transmission, but it feels like, uh, osmosis that, you know, process that we talk about in biology where something just flows into something else. It's not as if she's channeling through me per se but it's it's like there's a merging of our um, understanding of our understanding Mm -hmm. right and i feel like she's uh opening up remembrances yeah Um, and once i started working with her and and i would see a, a whole council sitting at a table of varying dimensional beings and they all have their purpose she was the one that always comes forward, though, to work with me. She's a very uh, high vibrational, twelfth dimensional being with who feels really like um, like a, a Mother Mary or a Kuan Yin to me. She carries that same vibrational cord That's interesting. of intense love. I've had other people on the show who talk about the mantis who have said the same thing about the mantis. So. You know, the mantis are obviously beings that look like a prey mantis. They're not prey mantises because they're more humanoid, aren't they? They kind of like they wear robes. You don't see little prey mantises on a tree wearing a robe. And (laughs) they have more kind of humanoid bodies. It always astounds me why they they pick that form and why they pick that form. But maybe we can ask them. But um, who was it? Oh gosh, I can't remember. I've spoken to so many people on the show, but she was saying that her one of her guides was a mantis too, and that they had this Mother Mary energy, this sort of loving, unconditional, mothering, nurturing energy, which oh, you wouldn't kind of so think. Mothering, looking so. at a prey man like a mantis. Yeah, hmm. I know. I call her Mother Mantis because she's mm-hmm. like a mother, and 
indeed, it feels like she's my mother, but I think she just represents that mothering uh, information. But I also do think in, in meditations that I've done now with them through time, I've gotten a lot closer to them and, and done lots of communication with them that, that they did indeed place me in my, in my home. And it was a place with lots of nature around it. I was outside constantly. So I think for me, vibrationally, it was a good fit, good match, because it was um, out in the trees. And, and when I was around the, all that, you know, discord, energetic discord, I was able to retreat outside and go play. Um, I spent a lot of time alone, but I never really felt alone for some reason. I, I would walk from our house to my neighbors at night, and I was never scared. I think they've been around me and protecting me my whole life. Um, and she's let me know that. It was one day I was driving up to to um, UCSC, which is close to where I live, University of California, Santa Cruz, and it's close to where I grew up. And I had to pull my car over because she brought in such an overwhelming feeling of understanding and that they were there when I was a baby. And she showed me an image of me as a baby in my crib and um, holding me on the side of my crib. And I knew that they had been there and I knew that I wasn't alone, even though I was in the situation that wasn't great. I never really felt, you know, completely abandoned. Or yeah. Lost. Oh, so, beautiful. So you had this was, remembrance as you were driving. You had to pull over yeah. by the road. Yeah. So let's yeah. explore what the mantis do for humanity. Like, how are they helping? Who are they, and how are they helping us? Yeah. So um, you know, just like humans, not all mantis are focused on the ascension of earth or helping humanity heal but this particular group are and when i go into the earth's fields and i i look there's there's a whole sea of them there's many 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 thousands of them so there's many that are focused on this and the way that they represent it to me is that they're really holding space for earth to help support her ascension and this whole traversing of energies you know her relative position change in the galaxy, the acceleration of her energy fields, the electromagnetics, they really hold that space for her so that she can go do what she needs to do. And so they help um, also with humanity because they're genetic masters. You know, lots of people have heard about them as being part of the hybridization program. I believe the reason they're there is because they have this expertise that they've developed over millions of years. Right. Um, and the humanoid form is, is common throughout uh, the universe, right? So right. they know how to work with it. They know how to work with DNA. They know how to shift DNA. Um, it was them that told me that the way I was shifting DNA using the protocol I was using was too difficult for the cells in the body to shift easily because I was having clients go through like a detox feeling after working with me. And I, so I kept asking, how can I make this easier? And then that's when they brought in the tones and they said, you need to use energy and vibration and light to shift DNA. And that's the way to do it. Yeah. I have to say in Australia, sound, uh, healing or sound energetic is huge. There are people doing sound workshops and I don't even think they understand why they're doing it um, some do oh, I'm sorry I'm like feeling like I'm insulting some of them I just got an image of someone saying I do <laughs> um, 
but so many people starting to sing and and tone and play the dig and all sorts of instruments yeah. that you know the hung drum and uh, so many people flocking to these sound nights i go to I go to a lot of them, and I don't think they really understand what they're doing they're just impulse to go they just like right. going and they're just like oh i'm blissing out oh it's so blissful <laughs> so unlike this i'm having a healing and i'm detoxing afterwards they're going to some experience where they're blissing out and then feeling mm-hmm. blissful afterwards so it's a kind of a different way of activating dna let's say mm-hmm. yeah so that's what they were showing you that it doesn't have to be hard work it can be blissful work no and in fact they're always correcting me and saying hey stop with the heavy lifting because <laughs> We got it. <laughs> Just <laughs> chill out, you know, because I have that analytical brain and I think, well, I got to get every cell. I got to get, blah, 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 you know, and I want to make sure I don't leave any stone unturned. And I get, you know, when I do a session, I mean, I take it really seriously. I'm like, I got to find, I see 15 different things in the body that are lighting up right now because uh, Mari, that's the name of my guy, takes me and shows me everything. And I see it lighting up all over the place. And so I want to hit them all. And so, you know, she's showing me that you know, I don't have to call out every single little piece of DNA or epigenetic marker that's shifting, that it's all going to happen and that it's all going to um, work in congruence with each other, with the sound and the movement. And people need to integrate too. They need to integrate in your yeah. way. If, if you're fixing everything, if you see everything and then you fix everything, it would be like doing a million operations on somebody and then, you know, they'd need to integrate it all. It just yeah. um, it needs to happen over a process of like we do live inside this buffer of time. So we're given time as a way of integrating what we're coming to know. I see it in my, you know, little inner sanctum group. People understand on an intellectual level stuff, but then they keep integrating it and like they're having these aha moments all over right. again. But we've talked about that 50 times and it's like, but yeah, but now I'm just getting it. Like I'm living it. I'm starting to live it. So true. So true. <laughs> like I understood it before. Now I'm living it. So it's like yeah. rereading something that you read, you know, five years ago and you're thinking, why, why didn't I get it then? <laughs> but you got it intellectually. Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. You know, that's, yeah, I, that, I believe in that. I believe in that. But now, but now I really get it. Yeah. yeah so yeah you've got to let people integrate this stuff i think that's why you know i do these shows and i keep having these conversations over and over and over again because you come back to the same conversation or yeah move on to another one and you just hear another puzzle piece that has you like aha yeah and these energies as they percolate out of us they need time to like you said the integration of the different aspects of ourselves that start to reunite with our soul energy that have been sort of off in the wings and now they're finally ready to reintegrate when you start doing this kind of energetic work they get magnetically drawn back to that center as we move towards that oneness and so yeah exactly so they're master geneticists they work with um they work with the DNA, they work with the electromagnetic frequencies of our body, right? So they work with the nervous system, let's say. Mm-hmm. And how else do they help us or help well, you help people? Right. So really, they take me really into their soul energy as well, the people that I'm working with, and really um, with 100% compassion, because when you're you really have to step into your compassion fully to really understand and see the whole landscape of what 
brought a person into the present place that they're in, um, other lifetimes, other experiences that they've had in this particular lifetime that helped bring those past energetic imprints to the surface. So it's always sort of a matrix of different emotional spiritual components. So she really does a nice job of weaving that all together and creating an overarching theme for me to help bring to the surface so that it can be recognized and re-experienced sometimes on an energetic level and then released. And they've taught me to always work with the earth to magnetize that density through the tissues and to provide that um, place to you know, drop the density so that it can be transmuted. Um, They've shown me that earth is uh, on this node in the universe that is uh, this incredible signal energy transducer and that she's a portal, right, into universal um, energies and that through our connection to her, it it just helps. Mm, you're breaking up again. Indigenous tribes are always talking about man can't survive without earth because it plays a critical role. Sorry, you broke up again. So they, they, they oh, said sorry. that the earth was a portal. Mm-hmm. The earth was a portal and that the reason so many indigenous tribes talk about man being um, sick and not surviving when disconnected to the earth is because I, I truly believe that energetically, we can't survive without that connection to earth. So we always work with the earth energy to help magnetize the density um, and help bring those imprints to the surface so they can be felt again and released. Um, yeah. Or else the, um, the shifts in the DNA don't really stick. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because the chemical components of our body is the same chemical components of the earth. So the, our body is of the earth. I mean, that's... Exactly. It's just made up of the same molecular structure, I suppose, chemical components. But, um, but energetically, we're carrying a whole lot of stuff, be it good and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have to work with that as well as working with the physical chemical components of the flesh suit that we're wearing. Right. Okay, so um, other guides. That's the, the mantis were the first ones that came to you. The first ones that came to me. Um, Then I started to notice that when I was, we talked about the nervous system, when I was in the body that um, so many people have frayed nervous systems because of the inordinate amount of stress that humanity is shouldering right now and experiencing on a variety of different levels from everything that's going on in the world. Um, and so I started connecting in with the Arcturians who, um, really manage something called the Arcturian gate, which is basically as the soul is coming into this dimensional reality, it's almost like a meter or a, a dial of how much light basically is infused into your cellular structure, um, into your tissues, how much of your light body is present or felt by you or, Um, vibrationally present so they uh, taught me that I could literally adjust that real time and the people I was working with uh, using the sounds and bringing in the light so when I say light coded they're the ones that to me bring in uh, the the mantis do as well but they really bring in a 
a big beam of light through the top of the head and work with the meridian system, the controllers behind the temples, and just light up the whole chi, the energy in the body, and harmonize it. Sometimes so they can turn up the dial. Or turn on. it down. Because sometimes it's too much. Yeah. Sometimes people are going crazy, right? They need to pull it back a little. So how does it look when you've turned up the light too much? Because again, it's an integration process. I suppose if you put it on full blast, well, you can't put it on full blast, but if you turn it up so that it's so bright that you can't see your way through life, it's like when you come into a bright room after coming into a dark room, everything's like you can't see anything. Is that, it's a bit of an analogy, I suppose, but like they can't, because we are here navigating this physical life experience, so we need to be present as well as not present. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, for me, it looks a little different. When, when there's too much uh, energetic light information in the body, to me it looks like a frayed nervous system. It looks like it's just too much coming in that the physical body can handle in that moment until perhaps the vibration or the frequency of that physical body is brought up. Right. So it's almost like too much came in, but the physical body hadn't caught up yet. And so it amounts in oftentimes when people will say, oh, I have you know chronic fatigue or I am under stress all the time or I've got um, even sometimes autoimmunity. Stuff like that that is a chronic fatigue condition or something that lowers the immune system function um, is often adjustments being made in the light body versus the physical. So when I talk about integrating the crystalline with the physical, this is that process. It's, it's bringing that DNA, that non-physical DNA into alignment with the physical and harmonizing it so that it's not so out of sync. That's fascinating. You know, when I was a young healer and I was working on people, I was a massage person. I was working on a Hollywood movie star and I um, started channeling. She had a picture of a guru and I asked the question, what's all this Indian guru stuff about? And my crown chakra went, you want to know? Like this, right? And my head literally felt like, it felt visceral. It felt physical. Like my head was expanding. Like it like if I didn't look in the mirror and see that I wasn't expanding, I would have sworn that my head was literally because it felt. And I was just in pain for three days after that because my wow. physical being was not up to speed with right. what was downloaded through me. And because right. I was still holding on to self-criticism and resentments and, you know, I was young and fit and healthy, but I was just in pain. Right. and and fatigued yeah so we do have to do the work to be able to hold the light we really do we have to be able to we have to do the work yeah we do you got to release the, that baggage. the forgiveness and the, all that you know uh -huh. that stuff For yeah sure. mm. yeah so that's why you can't really do one without the other yeah right it's all got to happen simultaneously and it's a process it doesn't happen overnight but always a journey worth taking um Jaylene, we there? froze again Good? Yeah, there we go. A journey worth taking was the last thing you said. You yep. Okay. I'm having a few problems. Um, and then I was just going to introduce the last group. Yeah. Hey, please <laughs> cut that out. Uh, the last group I work with um, are called the Divinians. And that's how they introduce themselves to me. Um, and they have really taught me a lot about the inner workings of our brain. Um, the way we process electromagnetic signals and how to tune the pineal to act as a signal transducer to help us process um, 
So the earth is changing so much and the output of energy, the solar energies, it's, to me, it doesn't look so much like they're up or down. It looks like the texture is different. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's not just that there's more of them or less of them. It's the very nature of the shape of the, you know, if you see a frequency on electrocardiogram or electrospectrograph, it, you know, it, it has these peaks and valleys mm -hmm. and um, the way that that line is formed is different. Mm -hmm. It's mm. like a different sewing stitch that we're using now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah so I know because humans love to talk hierarchy and, you know, lower and higher and like we get so caught up with better, the polarity, you know, we're yeah. polar, polarized consciousness. So this is bad and this is good. And uh, my guides have said a similar thing to me that when you talk about dimensions too and higher dimensional beings and we always go fifth dimension, sixth dimension, 18th dimension, 20, you know, we're always talking higher dimension. They said to me, it's not about higher or lower. It's just about quality of frequency. Mm. It's just a different frequency. It's just like mm. a different radio station. You've got rock and roll on one radio station and classical on another. It's not better or worse. It's just a different experience and a different frequency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I love that you say that, yeah, you see this just as a bandwidth. It's a different frequency. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Mm. So they have been teaching me how to tune the different centers in the brain to come into harmonization and alignment with these different frequencies Frequency. because it causes a lot of stress and um, shifts in the biochemistry <clears throat> of the brain and the, the function. And you have to have your your brain and your soul energy and your heart and your gut and enteric brain all working together. So when those three centers are in alignment, and I haven't really talked about the microbiome yet, but all of those things have to come together and work in harmony to really, I, I believe, feel really good physically and emotionally and mentally, spiritually in our body because there's all these different pieces that are contributing. To the overall feeling mm, exactly you know i've been watching some sort of historical tv things you know the 200 years ago when they're you know in whatever was happening to you and the the diet that they were they were just eating meat 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 and i sort of started to think about how there are so many vegetarians and vegans on the planet right now and i sort of said so why was it okay to eat meat then and it's not okay well it's not that it's not okay but a lot of people are not doing well with eating meat now and they said to me different consciousness <laughs> 200 years ago people had a completely different consciousness and the their diet reflected that consciousness but if you're trying to shift in consciousness and you keep eating a diet from the past mm -hmm. they're not congruent the two and frequencies aren't congruent and I said, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then as we evolve, you know, so many high dimensional or more subtle dimensional beings don't eat food at all. They've evolved away from food or some of them just eat a liquid plant food, somebody has said, or they ingest some sort of, yeah, so food becomes less and less important, which is really interesting. Right. Yeah. It's good and bad. It's, food is joyous, right? It's it's a wonderful experience, but on the other hand, I think when you start doing a lot of this work, and you know, I find that it's true. I, I'm not hungry at all, and if I'm doing sessions all day, I'm just barely hungry. You know, it's just I can just 
feel the energy moving through me. And, um, and then when I eat, I'd be super careful about what I eat. I can't eat, I can't go home and eat a bunch of sugar or something. I would just feel awful. Um, or a big heavy meat meal. I just really have to be, you know, keep it light. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, that I, I was used to eating a certain way and I'm a mom, right? So I'm cooking and just uh, realized I have to be a lot more careful. <laughs> I know, because it's hard to change these habits too because, uh, you know, I'm going over to a friend's place t- tonight for dinner and her mom's 80 and it's like she wants to eat all this really rich, creamy food and I'm doing the vegan thing now. <laughs> like, okay, I'll bring my salad with me. <laughs> right. So, but kind of a bummer. You think, oh, I just... yeah. But to think about how you know where we've come from and all the beauty that comes with that, um, you know, ritual of food and cheeses and you know the French and their cheeses and their creamy sauces and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's interesting moving uh, moving into a new. Okay, so the divinians work with the brain mm-hmm. and, and integrating the frequencies. And do you want to talk more about who the divinians are and how yeah. they appear to you? Right. So they, um, they are formless beings, but I've asked them to show me what they looked like when they were in form. Um, and basically they had very sort of pointy chins and very large heads. Um, because they have mastered the art of continually, or before they went formless, continually growing neural networks in their brains. And they have talked to me a lot about how it's a misnomer that humans think that the neural networks um, become less plastic as you age and the Alzheimer's and dementia and all of that. Um, They've talked to me about how that is a, a current byproduct of our environment, but that Humans can learn how to um, keep their brains functioning and plastic and growing. That the, the literally the size of the brain at some point, as we evolve as human beings, will start to increase and expand, and we will start to um, learn how to. It'll just be a natural byproduct, but continue to grow those neural networks and increase in brain size. Our skulls will expand. They may stay more uh, pliable between the plates. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to look, but um, they've shown me that that's a possibility and that it comes with um, the exposure and the ability to constantly be um, feeding signals through the brain that are more expansive as opposed to what happens to human beings now is I, I see the signals in the brain and that they they terminate at the ends in the outer lobes, like let's say in the outer limbic. Um, they terminate and they get stuck and they don't flow evenly through the hemispheres. Um, you'll see somebody, uh, if you look at um, brain scans of somebody that's meditating, you'll see lots of different parts of the brain lighting up because they're getting into that higher beta state, right? Or that mm. alpha state. They're meditating for a long time. So that's when the information starts to flow between all the centers. And what happens when we meditate is we activate our pineal gland. And so as the pineal gets activated, it starts converting things like melatonin to dimethyltryptamine or DMT, benzodiazepine, which is the compound that we put into um, Valium, (laughs) the pharmaceutical company made millions of them. But... um, 
basically it helps get you out of that analytical brain, helps you relax and calm down. It starts to stimulate your connection to your own divinity and into your truth of who you are and what you are. And when that happens, it's like the brain just lights up. The whole thing starts to come online. It's like, you know, it comes online and starts communicating better. And then that increased communication and all those smoothed out electromagnetic signals um, then flow down into the rest of the body. You know, and it, it comes, our, the controller of our hormone system is the pituitary gland that's in our brain. The way that we process stress and fear, that's in our brain, the amygdala, right? And then the back of the brain, the reptilian brainstem. The way our immune system is signaled to be into anti-inflammation or inflammation, that's in our brain. Mm. So we need to allow these signals to process in a more harmonious way and to also train our brains to wake up and um, start to take a more engaged, active role without us having to practice thought hygiene all the time or keep ourselves from self-limiting ideas of ourselves. It's got to be more automatic and natural and, you know, start to happen on its own. Yes, I agree. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking a whole lot of things. You know, when you saw these, um, these sort of signals coming out of people's heads and spiraling above, that to me was like those um, habitual stressful thoughts that we get on. You know, when someone gets locked on a thought, maybe they've had an argument with somebody and they keep going over the argument. It's like it goes nowhere. It just repeats like a broken record. And um, instead of like going over the argument and then finding a solution, you know what I mean? Like seeing sort of, yeah, like integrating how this is helping you and um, or seeing how the argument was pointing at a limiting belief that you're holding and how you can transform that rather than blaming the other one for being a dickhead saying, how am I responsible for this argument? And yeah, so letting those spiraling things integrate. Yeah, right, because then you can connect it into your other centers, your soul energy, to like yeah. you said, to get the whole story behind why would I bring this person into my life to create this sort of problem for me? Like, how can I learn from this? Or also, then we stop um, implementing the microbiome, and because the enteric brain, all the nervous tissue is coming, that vagus nerve is all through your intestines. So that's why, you know, when we're nervous, we have stomach upset or our intestines don't feel good. It's, it just happens almost immediately. You have the emotion and then the intestines are affected. The microbiome is affected. And so they, you know, 90% of the serotonin that is released in our body, which is really one of those feel good hormones is produced in the gut. So we have to keep that also balanced. And if we're up here in stress all the time, yeah, it tweaks us, right? And then it helps manage our immune system. So then the immune system gets tweaked. And so it's all in this, you know, intricate dance. It's all intricate dance, absolutely. So um, a couple of things I want to say. So for people who don't know what the microbiome is, let's talk about what it is. But I remember years ago when I, um, you know, one of the reasons I woke up was because I was reading Deepak Chopra's books. And he was talking about the infinite field of, what did he call it you know the quantum field of infinite and and, I, and he called that god and i'm like oh okay that's god yeah i can get that because i was coming yeah. from that sort of skeptical perspective like you yeah. but he also said he says many things god bless deepak you know <laughs> that 
this body we're wearing has more drugs than any drugs that you could buy. You know, it has, it, it is like a chemist. It, everything so you need to rectify or heal your body is in your body. Right. If it's not working properly, it's not, you know, activating right. secretions of serotonin or whatever. It's because of that disconnect in the communication within the body. So he said that, stored within the body is just millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of drugs that you would buy from the pharmacy. <laughs> I never forget Absolutely. him saying that. So, um, and also we are creatures, we are more walking bacteria than we are flesh of anything else, which is that microbiome system. Do you want to tell people exactly what the microbiome is? Yeah, I'd love to. So one of my closest friends, the microbiome. <laughs> so I worked at a microbiome company for three and a half years. That was my introduction to these fabulous creatures. But the microbiome makes up all of the bacteria, the viruses, the fungi, the, you know, all the little tiny things in your body, parasites included, um, that we as humans have co-evolved with over, you know, the thousands of years we've been here. Um, and they've been here much longer than we have, and mm. they really make our presence on this planet possible, along with all the animals. And this is why the mantis works so closely with the microbes, because they've been here a long time, and so the microbes, so they have a lot of information about how to harmonize them as well. It's like we're a walking universe, isn't it, of all these we little creatures. Yeah. Well, here's the really cool thing. So when I was at the scientific company, I didn't really think about, you know, their consciousness or anything, but they have a hang consciousness. On. Hang on, hang on. Say their that consciousness and yeah. they have their own Akash and that is interacting with ours. Oops. We lost there for a second. We did. Okay, so all this different bacteria and viruses and, and, and little creatures that live all within our flesh have their own consciousness, like you said, like we have our own consciousness. Exactly. Right. And their interaction, their consciousness is interacting with our consciousness. Their Akash is interacting with our Akash. So literally they have a 20 minute lifespan. So they, you know, there's this whole rippling effect of energy that goes through the community. You can have, you know, 30,000 different species of microbes in your gut at any given time, especially in the colon. The colon is really sort of like their power center. It's where they set up shop. That's where the most of them are. And that's where they, you know, shoot out a lot of the helpful things for our body, like the hormones, the neurotransmitters, the immune cells, the, all the things that help us to process our food and gather the useful, beneficial thing that we have, you know, we can do about 22 genes to create our bodies, but the microbiome has, you know, a hundred times as many Sorry, say that again. We can have how many? What was so that? we have 22,000 genes in the human mm -hmm. genome, right? Mm -hmm. They've discovered that there's 22,000 genes. But couple that with all the microbes in your body, and you've got far more. You've got millions more genes. And this is how we're able to carry out all these complex processes in our body. We couldn't do it without them. So it really makes sense to help become friends with them in the body and really to make them your best friend because when you are in close alliance with your microbiome, your whole body functions better. Yeah. 
little party going on inside our gut. You know, I think for um, most people who they would relate to this, um, the lactobacillus that people have been rabbiting on about in yogurts and stuff, you know, like back and, and television commercials are saying, you know, feed these, you know, they've got little cartoons and stuff, feed yeah. these little bacteria there what they need. You know. So, uh, so we're familiar with it, but it's just, it's a much bigger story than the, um, the yogurt ads are giving us <laughs> or, what are those little drinks that you can drink that they... Um, yeah, the good belly ones. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the, usually the ads that are sort of showing us about the microbiome. So how do we keep them happy? <laughs> well, the first thing that we must do is treating them like the enemy. That's number one. Because when we do that, then we drop in antibiotics and things that just blow them out of our system. Now, I'm not saying that antibiotics yeah. aren't good in, uh, you know, a, a situation of our health that's very acute because yeah. there's times when you've got to pull down an infection of the wrong microbes in your body. But for the most part, you know, for the common cold, which is half the time a virus and not effective with antibiotics anyway, the body really takes a hit every time we use antibiotics and wipe out the whole population. Um, Antibiotics are used in farm animals to increase their size by at least 20%. And so it shows that when we strip the body of the microbiome or an animal's body of microbiome, that things don't go the same as they were designed to digestively. So it starts to set up changes because then you've, when you've got nothing left there, then whatever comes in at that point, and if you're not being very careful about lots of probiotics and prebiotics and the right foods and all the veggies and the resistant starches you need to set things back up properly, then it's easy to get into a situation where um, you don't have a very happy digestive system. And then that can lead further down to you know, irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, or immune issues. Uh, so anyway, we've got to, number one, make friends with them and stop trying to <laughs> blast them out of the water. Um, and then number two, I always feel that it's important to work with them energetically. Yeah. To, um, when you do your meditation, send some love into your intestines, especially in your large intestine. Um, send them that beautiful elixation of love. You know, when we activate the heart center, we start to create and release oxytocin. Send that down into your gut so they receive that signal of connection and love. Um, mm. And talk to them, you know, and ask for intuitive guidance on what you should be eating to support them because yeah. there's very specific things that they like. They like the dark leafy greens. They like the resistant starches, which are the foods that aren't easily digested and make their way all the way to the colon. They're fermented in the colon and then they're turned into short chain fatty acids, which then support um, our mental health and our immune system, our nervous system. So um, you've got to give them the tools that they need in order to have the right populations flourish. We talk about lactobacillus, we talk about bifidobacterias, we talk about some other players. Those are the main family members of bacteriodetes that we want to have in higher levels. Um, but there's just so many, there's thousands of them. There's so many that are doing something that we don't even know because science mm. hasn't caught up yet. Mm. So um, in general, just you know, call in um, the populations of the beneficial mutualistic microbes to increase in your body and 
take up the space that sometimes gets inhabited by the less helpful ones, right? They're like people, you know, some are better than others. They're like people. Um, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful because I'm just thinking about populations throughout the planet and, and the different environments that we live in. Like, you know, you come to where you live or where I live, it's sort of clean, sterile, right. but you go to places in India or Asia or but where the the environment is so different and the airborne bacteria is so different. You know, you don't even have to eat street food. You can just get sick by breathing in the... So I'm thinking like when you, you know, like what we do on from an allopathic level, when we go to these places, we get inoculated so that we don't get sick. But what we could do is we could speak to our microbiome. We could speak to the consciousness of our microbiome and we could say shifting to a different part of the world could you please reactivate what needs to be activated so that I can deal with that environment? Because just as their consciousness is connected to source energy and infinite intelligence, our consciousness is, so is theirs, I suspect. And so they can, you know, the intelligence of the body is just astounding. It's amazing. Yeah, because they train your immune system. And as a baby, the training that, gets imparted to the immune cells in your body and the memory cells of the immune system is wholly dependent upon what they're exposed to. So this whole hygiene hypothesis, right? That we're wiping out the microbes, we're using the antibacterial soaps, um, you know, wiping everything down in the schools. So of course we want to keep the kids healthy, but at the same time we're putting them in this environment where they're not getting inoculated. And so the training of the immune system doesn't happen. And then you take a trip to India and you are, whoo, you know, you don't have the training exactly. or anything even similar. So it's very hard for your body to catch up. Exactly, exactly, um, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm sort of thinking, you know, what excites me about your work is that like you, I've spent a lot of past lives as a scientist and a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've come into this life with a different consciousness or maybe I've had that before, you know, maybe I've been, other things, who knows what I've been, I'm sure I've been a lot of things, but I've come in with the memory of having being a doctor and, a, and I see that we are so um, behind in our allopathic view and, um, you know, talking about your work because even the inoculation program, you know, inoculating people and thinking that that's going to protect, it's just, it's not, it's not, you know, putting dead virus cells into our body, it's just not, it's just so... Okay, and so when we understand consciousness and science and we marry them together, now we've got a completely new understanding of health and healing. And, yeah, even in this planet where there are places on the earth like India that is just so filthy, (laughs) you know, like disease-ridden or overpopulation of bacteria and viruses and all sorts of things that you can catch over there. but. When you have an understanding of consciousness and science, you can activate, instead of inoculating, you can activate different right. aspects of the microbiome to be able to cope with that right? And, and not suffer moving around this planet. Yeah, and you can be careful about, you know, up, up to that point before you go on your trip, you can really bolster your own microbiome so that all the space is taken up in your intestines by the beneficial mutualists. So right. there's not openings. So, you know, there's this uh, biofilm layer of mucus that's on the inside of the intestines. That's basically like the fertilizer for all the microbes to live there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you 
eat specific foods to nurture that biofilm. So there's lots of things you can do to give yourself a better fighting chance when you go into those areas. Yeah, exactly. Just smart for life today because there's a lot of viruses that are mutating very quickly. And the change in the energy on the planet, I think, is accelerating that as well because I think it's also... Um, they're magnetizing. I, I see viruses in the body when I see them in the body and they magnetize towards certain areas of um, energetic um, friction, I'll say. So sometimes in the nervous system, when we've been dealing with a lot of stress, I see that a virus, it's easier for it to attach to that part of the nerve because there's a lot of like vibrational and the viruses are attracted to that. And then they right. settle in there and then they cause a lot of pain. Um, think of shingles, something like that, that sits on your nerve. Um, a lot of viruses sit on the nerve. They, they create these openings, you know, the myelin sheaths uh, mm-hmm. degrade and things like cortisol can start to degrade that. And so over time, right, when it's mm-hmm. constantly splashing against the nerves and the cortisol is what goes up when we're under stress all the time. So it's, then it makes it easier for these viruses to come in and take right. root so de-stress which everyone should do anyway allows the myelin sheath to regenerate so the myelin sheath is the sheath it's like the membrane over the nerve so that the nerve's not exposed and then when the nerve's exposed you've got pain right so the myelin sheath is that sheath over the nerve so de-stressing helps that regeneration of the de-stressing helps regeneration of everything really (laughs) it is like the answer Oh, we froze you. You froze again. Anyway, that was okay because yeah, I was so yucky. Are you, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, that's – and you know the other thing that's interesting about the nerve is that um, the other de-stress thing that happens, and I touched on this earlier, was that when the heart is activated and we're in that de-stress mode and we're amplifying the pineal and we're feeling connected um, – it's oxytocin that gets released by the heart. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I oxytocin always appears to me as like an elixir, almost like honey, coating the nerves and the nervous tissue mm-hmm. and bringing in that harmony and bringing in that peace and that calm and cooling down the nervous system. Yeah. So, oxytocin, I really think oxytocin is like the gift from source for the human body to... That's why it's the connection hormone. It's us being able to reconnect back into our own self, our own soul energy, our own divinity, and then also for our whole nervous system to settle down and our body to come into that place of peace and wellness. Mm. Beautiful. Sorry, my phone keeps going off. Um, Yeah, it can be so simple. Like Esther Hicks says, you know, pat the cat, pat the cat, stop stressing, pat the cat. <laughs> do, do what brings you love get back to love get back to love get back to love so in that love environment you know you've got this oxytocin secretion and then the whole body just comes back into balance it can be really so simple i mean we're just making it more complicated by talking about this stuff but um it's it true be, it can be really so simple okay so what time is it oh, we've been yakking for ages let's do let's do an activation so, so something oh, that, you know, you came into uh, is this, this sound. So sound is frequency and everything's vibing. Different viruses have different frequency, meaning that they have a different, they have their own sound, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So you can affect the um, flourishing or the diminishing of 
good and bad bacteria with sound. Well, you can affect everything with sound, right. really, can't you? Right. Absolutely. So um, let's get your guides online and something that we chatted about before, like so the telomeres, anti-aging. So I see this, you know, I not only see this uh, technology that we're talking about being in health, and well-being but in longevity and anti-aging I, I see it because you know when we studied theta healing we spoke about that and the telomeres are the bits of the chromosomes they're the ends of the chromosomes so you've got these x and y chromosomes and at the ends you've got things called the telomeres which when you age start to disintegrate or fray so if you speak to the intelligence of the body and ask for the telomeres to sort of regenerate you actually affect the aging process. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, when you were talking about that, it really brought in some of the information from the Divinians as well. And they were just kind of like jumping up and down saying, aha, yes, 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 this is what happens in the brain. Instead of these neural pathways shrinking and degrading, they're going to continue to flourish. And those cells and the DNA, so the DNA is in every cell, is when it's properly capped and the telomeres are not shortening but they're staying nice and long, then the uh, elongation of the brain function and when the brain functions well, we live to be 200 instead of you know 80 to 100. Um, they've shown that to me several times that life should be elongated or will be elongated. It's not a should, it's actually mm -hmm. going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna come through different areas of our body and of course, when the brain sends the instructions and the awareness and the soul energy all comes together to elongate life and to participate here and to actually enjoy it here, mm -hmm. because so often we decide to leave and we start shortening those telomeres so we don't want to be here anymore. It's mm -hmm. a really tough place. It's been a tough place to be. So uh, it's been, yeah. Excited, right? Mm -hmm. and as we get more excited about being here and the adventure feels more exciting and joyous then the brain responds, the heart responds, the gut responds, the telomeres respond. Absolutely. You know, I, I was just thinking about a girlfriend who had a bad divorce and she met an old friend who was um, in his 60s. He was older. He'd had a couple of marriages and they fell madly in love. <laughs> and she was looking after this old lady. She got this job where she was looking after this old lady and the old lady um, needed her to stay overnight because she just wanted someone in the house. So she would go there and sleep at night, this old lady's place. Anyway, and she was madly in love with this old friend who was in his 60s. She was in her 40s, I think, at the time, or maybe 50s, no, 40s. And um, he would sneak into the house at night <laughs> <laughs> through the window. And I remember him telling me, it was like... I can't believe I felt like a teenager again, sneaking into this old lady's house to be with my girlfriend and then have secret sex silently in the room next door so we wouldn't wake up the old lady. And he said it was just like being a teenager again. And, you know, eventually they got married and yada, yada, yada. But I just, you know, we can experience that joy of what it's like to be young in our yeah. 60s, our 70s, our 80s, in... Like we can extend Absolutely. that we don't have to age mentally or physically. We can have the joy of exuberance of youth and sneaking into the old lady's house at night to have sex with his girlfriend. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so great though. It kept him young. It put him in a different frame of mind, right? Absolutely. And that really supports the cells. It's, it's all, yeah. 
Absolutely. I like to, of course, I like to explore the biochemical reasons behind things, but really, you're right. You don't need the biochemical story. <laughs> you need to know. But... It's nice to have both. It's nice to have both. <laughs> you've got to keep it light. You've got to keep it real. You've got to keep it light. But it's nice to have that explanation. As I say, I've got lots of friends channeling light language and doing healing, and they're bringing through the frequency, and it's having an effect, but there's no explanation. I guess it's the linear mind that needs the explanation or the scientific mind, but it's, it's kind of nice right. to know what's going on. Okay, so let's extend some telomeres for anyone watching. What do you want us to do? Let's to, let's get the dominions on board. So, absolutely, we're gonna do. We're actually gonna bring all of them in because what we're gonna do is we're going to um, balance the three centers of the body. We're gonna bring uh, harmonic balance into the brain and the heart brain and the gut brain, and through doing that, we're going to get that yummy release of oxytocin. We're going to get that consciousness boost to the microbes and the gut. And we're also going to get the opening up of the pineal because when all these centers in the body are activated, like we we're just saying, it's so much easier for the body to um, give the instruction set to elongate the telomeres all over the body, not just in one area. Mm -hmm. So if everyone would just close their eyes and start to take a few nice deep breaths to get into their body, in through the nose and out, out through the mouth. And as you do, just feel yourself connecting with your cells and really calling them to attention for this activation today. Just bringing their awareness into alignment with your awareness for this work we're doing here. And just feel your tissues light up. You might feel them start to vibrate a little as these energies start to flow. And then from your seat and through your feet, unless you're lying down, really every point touching a surface, send down roots into the ground, through the floor. And these roots are going to flow down into the earth through the surface. And they're going to flow effortlessly, seamlessly down into the depths of the earth, all the way to the center, connecting into Gaia's core resonant consciousness, into her energy grid. And they're going to anchor there. And when the anchor there, she feels that connection and she opens up the channels of information flow to move back and forth between us so that if there's any energetic density that is ready to be released through this activation, that it is easily purged and flows down these roots to be transmuted by Gaia. And conversely, if there's any energies that are appropriate to be sent up from the earth through Gaia's energy grids for healing that those are sent up these roots as well and so we open up this channel of information and flow of energy and she anchors and supports us in this transmission Now from up above, we open up our crown chakra and bring in a broad beam of whitish blue light 
that comes in from the Arcturians because the first thing we're going to do is we're going to fortify and activate our chi, our energy in our body through the meridian system to basically lay the groundwork and ready the space, ready the genes, ready the cells, ready the tissues in the body to receive this energy. start to work in the three centers with a special emphasis on activating and repairing the telomeres in these three centers and areas of focus and interest in our body. And there's particular biochemical pathways that are going to be activated and excited in these different centers of our body to help bring us into alignment with expansive energies flowing easily through all the hemispheres of our brain and looping back into contact with the pineal that then will serve as a signal transducer releasing anything that is discordant and allowing it to flow easily down behind our spine and out into the earth and we're setting this up to perform this in our bodies even after we're done here today as a rule, to allow the release of energies that we're experiencing around us when we're around discordant energies from other humans we come in contact with, EMFs, solar flares, even sometimes things coming out of the earth as earth releases energetic discord, and there's been plenty on this planet. All of that then filters through and we give the signal to allow that process to happen and bring our brain into that anti-aging, awakening, repair, rest, relaxation, rejuvenate mode, out of stress and into repair mode. Mm -hmm. 
shift our awareness into our heart center to open up that toroidal energy that flows through this chakra out in front out behind us all around us and we harmonize that electromagnetic signal coming from our heart from our soul energy allowing energies that are ready to be released onto the surface with harmony, with ease, with grace. We call upon our heart to serve as an endocrine organ releasing that beautiful oxytocin, that elixir of peace and calm and rejuvenation, sending again that rejuvenation signal throughout the whole body, bringing into that space of connectedness, joy, peace, and love. Finally, we're going to move into our enteric brain, our beautiful population and community of helpers, our microbes, our bacteria, and all of the things that they're selfishly doing for us. In this home, they've helped set up this body, they help run. And all the signals they can send into our brain for rest, rejuvenation, revitalization, and vitality and health. When we bring them into the fold of this new energetic of our body, we don't leave them behind. We bring them into the fold 
as our light body inhabits more of our DNA and our cells, we bring them into the fold of that energy. They must come along for the ride if we are to traverse this landscape successfully because they are an integral part of us. They're an integral part of the earth. They're an integral part of all of the plants and animals here. and blend and integrate all of these energetic upgrades and activations throughout the body, throughout the cells, bring them all into alignment, harmony in the body, helping us to feel present, connected, excited to be here, vital, young and alive. deep breaths and integrate all of that energy. And remember your connections to the earth, connections to the universal energy grids, your connections into your soul space. We thank all of the guides and the helpers that came today to transmit these energies this light, this vibration. And they invite each and every one of you to integrate their energy, their teachings, their 
healing anytime you wish, anytime that it feels good for you, you can call upon them, ask for their guidance and their help. They're ubiquitous in their healing and their help. They're here for humanity, for Gaia. Thank you. That was so beautiful. That was really spectacular. I loved it. (laughs) Some of those frequencies, some of those harmonics that you were getting there. Oh, that was amazing. How did it feel for you? Oh, it always feels amazing. I always feel like I'm uh, lighter than light when I finish. Mm. There's no density in my body after I finish. Um, yeah. oh. cellular structure interestingly enough oh, it's hitting me in the clavicles interestingly enough um, we didn't have any internet interruption during that whole activation I was hoping and I asked and they said no it's fine it's gone oh, <laughs> oh dying one so beautiful so beautiful so beautiful all right, so for people who are listening on audio podcast, how can people uh, find you? What's your website? Yes, my, um, the main place that I check the most is uh, Facebook, which is Facebook slash Jaylene Tracy. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the spelling of my name is up on this because I know it's, I, I use a different spelling for Jaylene. Yes, um, J-E-I-L-E-N-E. Um, yeah and um, so for people who aren't on Facebook have you got your um, Facebook my website yes is www.jaylenetracy.com easy yeah beautiful and that Mm -hmm. is uh, it's being put up now and I was making lots of modifications and changes to it so if it's a little rough around the edges bear with me it's coming along and more information is getting put up um uh, otherwise, you can always email me at info at jaylenetracy.com as well. Love to hear from you. Oh, beautiful. I love your work. I think it's just beautiful, sublime, because Thank it you. marries that both hemispheres. You've got that beautiful scientific, logical, as well as the creative, infinite potential, spiritual. It's just wonderful. And all those wonderful guides. Ooh, they're just so cool. <laughs> They feel great. Don't they feel good? <laughs> They're good. I love the Divinians. I think the Divinians, oh, yeah. you know, before when we were having a chat before, I said, oh, I haven't heard of the Divinians and I tuned in and they're like, oh, yeah, really? Who do you think we are? <laughs> the exactly. You've probably been talking to us already and maybe, yeah. Well, you know, they don't really have a name, but we have to give them a name. So I call them blissful beings. You call them the Divinians. I mean, right. Uh, They kind of like oversee a whole spectrum of different consciousness, let me put, different Mm -hmm. levels of consciousness. They kind of oversee. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. And they, I think, are architects of worlds. Architects of worlds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Architects of worlds. And they really 
Um, so I'm sure they're bringing in a small thread of information that I can handle in my pea-sized brain, but there's <laughs> so much more to learn from them. <laughs> well, maybe our brain is a little bit bigger after that activation. <laughs> I hope so. Connected a few more neural pathways. It's growing. <laughs> I, I know, right? I feel like if I keep working with them, my brain is definitely going <laughs> to get larger. <laughs> Oh, dang, it's been so beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank it's been you so much for having me. It's so wonderful chatting with you. I love it. It's great, great discussion. And thank you for bringing all this information out into the world. It's so great. Bye for now. Bye for now. Oh, wasn't that beautiful? How'd you go? Are you feeling younger? Are you microbiome happy? <laughs> How your gut's feeling? What about your heart? What about your head? Anyway, I thought that was just such a beautiful activation. It was so gorgeous of Jaylene to do that for us. Up and coming rising star, that one, with her work and epigenetics and neuroscience. Beautiful, wonderful stuff. Marrying divinity and science. And uh, yeah, we don't need to know all the facts. Doesn't mean that knowing the facts is going to help change us or transform us or help us with our limiting beliefs but it's kind of nice to quieten down that linear scientific logical left brain part of us that says but why but but, but how but how but why but how <laughs> which a lot of people in the west you know we're more a logic based society the western society than the eastern society which is more faith based some guru says that this is true and they say the guru said it so it's true so i think the western mind says well if that's true how does it work <laughs> so somebody like jaylene is there to uh talk to that part of us that needs to know a few facts it's so beautiful thanks again for joining us for another show accentuating the divinity accentuating the positive and all things divine and gorgeous and uh remember if you um want to know more about this stuff you can contact jaylene or you can contact me we're channeling the same same guides arcturians mantis and the divinians i call them blissful beings but uh they work with yeah they work with the mind they work with the brain they work uh, they work with you your body, mind, and soul. And uh, I'll catch you again. I'm a bit spaced out, actually. <laughs> I'm a bit spaced out. Let me know how you feel after the activation. Put it in the comments. And, um, yeah, you can find more on my website. Remember to go out and buy the book, Awakened by Death, Stories of Transformation. Even reading about transformation helps you transform. It all helps. It all helps. And I'll catch you again next time. Love you all. Bye for now. I was looking for. I was looking.